This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, there can be only one. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome everyone once again to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian, and this week my friends Chris and Eric will be joining me for a discussion of the 1986 Christopher Lambert Sean Connery vehicle, the Highlander. So here's the deal with the Highlander. I've never seen it. I know that that like, means I need to turn in my Gen X card, uh, but I, I've never seen it. So here we are, we're doing a... I needed to pick a, a show topic, and I couldn't come up with anything good, and the Highlander just kept popping up, and I said, screw it, let's watch the Highlander. So here we are, we're going to do it. Uh, as always, we have our, our segment, The Fresh Shit, where we talk about more recent things that we've been watching, reading, doing, whatever. And uh, you can always just check the show notes for timestamps to, to find the sections of the show you like the best. Uh, as always, we're trying to grow the uh, audience for the podcast, so please subscribe to the podcast, share it in your social media feeds, Rated on your podcast app of choice. And if you want to contact us, you can always uh, reach out to us on Twitter. We are at MagHuge. On Facebook, we're the Magnificently Huge Podcast. We're on Instagram. You could email magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. And uh, if you don't subscribe to the podcast and you just want to check out the old episodes and all the cool artwork that, that Chris makes for these shows, go to our website. It's maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. You'll find all our old episodes there and links to all of our uh, ways to contact us. All right, let's get to the show. There's a Highlander. A Highlander. He will chop up things and run around and chop up things. <laughs> Who wants to watch the movie? <laughs> there can be only one. Yeah, I there can be cr- only one. Okay. We have to get the Christopher Lambert impressions out of the way first. Hey. There can be only one. <laughs> we can get into it when we do the discussion, but the fact that he didn't speak a lick of English before he got hired onto this thing, <laughs> I think that's amazing. And so, that he's almost... that. And that he's almost legally blind. Yeah, he couldn't so. see a fucking thing the entire time they were, and he was doing swordplay, yeah. not being able to see what he was doing. Yeah, the the fact that he was legally blind explains Highlander too. But that's a and story the, for another day. And the cross eyes, I, the yeah, cross eyes are always way part of the sequence here. Hi, everybody! Welcome to the magnificently huge podcast. Hey. Ah. My name is Brian. This is Chris. My name is Eric. Hey, hey, we did hey. it. We uh, did an intro. How's everybody yeah. doing this week? Great. I'm still uh, amazed that you have never seen Highlander before this, Brian. Yeah, that well, is impressive. I've, that's the whole thing. This is like a Brian's never seen show, yeah, right? It's amazing. Like, I don't think I've ever talked to anybody that's not seen it. So this is interesting to get a fresh set of eyes on it. I'm just going to be frank with you. We're, that's we're intriguing get to, to me. that. Yes. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> Got a little news for everybody. Wilford Brimley has died at age yeah. 85. Wow. Did he die of so, the diabetes? 
That was the well, first question we asked this morning. I don't, I don't actually know what the cause okay. of death was. What, okay. what I did note was a, was a former coworker posting saying, okay, so Wilford Brimley was 85. That means he was 53 when he made Cocoon, yeah. which means he yeah. was five years younger than Tom Cruise is now yeah. when he made Cocoon. Yeah, that's, that's always my favorite bit of trivia. And, but oh also, God. if you look at it this way, uh, when he made Cocoon, that means he was only like four or five years older than us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, so. the retirement and home. yet he yeah. always, it's like he always looked 70. He's looked yeah. 70 since the thing. <laughs> yeah. And he's always been a curmudgeon. It's amazing. Uh, but uh, I will also just go on record that, uh, again, Cocoon, if you've never seen it and you come in in the last 20 minutes, it's a movie about aliens stealing our old people. Yeah. Um, I'll stand by that every day of the week, Wilford Brimley or not. Yeah. And Wilford has the line, uh, we won't ever get older and we won't ever, <laughs> we won't die. ever die. And years later, yeah. when he would do commercials for, I can't remember what, oatmeal or some shit, he, he used yeah. the same diction of, it's the yeah, it right Quaker. thing to do and the right way to do it. I tell you, my favorite line of dialogue from him is still from The Thing. Uh, there's two. It's the one where he's freaking out. Uh, and Kurt Russell has to bum rush him, but <laughs> with him going, I'll kill you. <laughs> it's just so random. And then yeah. the other one, when he's all sedated and they're talking to him and he's just all like doped up, watch Clark. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes yeah. me laugh every time I watch it because it's just such a weird line read. It's great. I you loved know, Wilford he, Brimley. He was actually a real cowboy, like like a cowboy on horses and, you know, driving cattle and shit and yeah. so he was used to cutting up cutting open steer and so when they did that thing that that bit in the thing when they're doing the autopsy and he's tearing into that thing and he's being all nonchalant about it uh, that was apparently what got him the job was that nice. he was so good at just being like yeah so this is a liver and this is a yeah. kidney and this is a yeah yeah oddly it's that's the same thing that got him the job in the natural yeah when he cuts up uh uh <laughs> Glenn yeah, Close. <laughs> well, this is her kidney yeah. and this is her liver. Yeah. That's the director's wow. cut. That's the director's cut. Yeah. So, R.I.P. So, I don't yeah. remember The Natural being quite like that. I'm, yeah. I, 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 wow. That Barry Levinson, man, you got to watch him. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Get the, get, the, get the, the, the DVD director's cut, deleted scenes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but who are, it's actually who's about the other... a serial killer. But yeah. And then the other big death in the last week was uh, John Saxon, which I was also sad about. So. Oh. Uh, and Reg- Regis Philbin. And Regis Philbin, yeah. So, uh, tough week. Tough week. A lot of, <laughs> lot of people dropping. Yeah. Uh, and not just because of the coronavirus. <laughs> no. 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 So, hey. Because, there you have because it. Because uh, I uh, might stick around. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. apart, apart from the deaths, did anybody do anything fun this week? Well, no. that's what I was going to ask. Can okay. we do some fresh shit? This shit is fresh. Uh, who's got some fresh shit? I don't have fresh shit, but I've got old shit. Uh, I I rewatched the Last Jedi, and uh, I I I stick with my original conclusion. It's good. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I don't care it's, about it's, the the fanboy uh, alienation. It's good. It, it's, yeah. it's a great ending to the Skywalker saga, don't you think? It is. It, I yeah. I think so. Uh, <laughs> I yeah I. I still don't like it when they go to that uh, gambling planet. I think that's ah, sort of a I'm sidebar glad. that I, I don't enjoy because it takes me out of everything else. But otherwise, I'm, I'm glad. 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. The thing about the movie that I did not enjoy generally is every time it tries to be wacky. It's like it, yeah. it's 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 comical. A lot of it is com a, a lot of that that D storyline with Rose and Finn is just for yucks and yeah. I didn't care for that. But yeah. I love the idea of subverting all of the expectations of doing yes. Empire in reverse. Yeah. And the conclusion, the smart conclusion being, let's just ditch all this shit. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and, then, and and then just to spit in, in, in Ryan Johnson's face, they, they pretend like it never happened. But it was yeah. so much potential. Well, the fact that they set everything up and then in the third one, was it called Rise of Skywalker? <sighs> Probably. But uh, you, you get like five minutes of screen time with Rose after they spent all that time creating her character. You mm -hmm. get no Benicio Del Toro at all, which is sad. They don't even bring back uh, Chrome Dome. Phasma. Yeah, I thought for sure they were going to bring her back Jason so, yeah. Voorhees style, and, yeah. right? And Somehow. I, I, and I think we, we went over the bulk of this when we talked about it a few months ago, kind of. And then we also did like the whole review when it first came out so this is like salt in the wound thanks eric can you imagine how cool that last one would have been if the 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 i guess the thrust of the plot was basically the jedi and the sith teaming up against the two of them because we still we need this conflict it's all we have <laughs> we got all these snacks yeah why why are you taking away football you know and and the two of them Star going, Trek it's episode dumb. nine, it's Revenge stupid. of the Deep State. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, both of them wear T-shirts that say "Say No to Sports." Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. So uh, I'm glad you liked it again. Yeah. And that it, uh, it, yeah, because that it stayed that way. I've I've been thinking also about this. Maybe this is a show idea for the future. It's not really a fresh ship, but just a thought. Um, looking through Amazon Prime and all the free movies, there's so mm -hmm. much that's just bad and oh, dumb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it all got made. And there are plenty of good ideas that don't, which makes me think the problem with film generally is that it's not about uh, anything being good. It's about who has the ability to make something and whether they have any ideas or anything good to make. Does that make sense? It's like, rarely do you have somebody who has a good idea and the ability to make that thing. Yeah. Where that's, that's understandable. Well, I mean, yeah. but it also, uh, especially with the new, new era of tentpole stuff, uh, financial reasons are pretty much the first and only concern. Yeah. So they're not yeah. going to make something for $170 million unless they know they can pre-market it, which is why you don't get anything but sequels and retreads. Uh, right. They've gotten lazy. I think, I, and we've talked about this before, it's go back to the old way that they used to do where they would do a couple of big ones, but then everything else sort of had these middle budgets that, you know, if it, if it made money, that was great. And if it didn't, they didn't really lose anything. Right. Uh, right. And then they could take more chances. That I miss. Yeah. They don't Casablanca was not like an A-list budget. That was that was on the cheap, and it's one of the greatest films ever made. But it was allowed to be made, yeah, because there was like a system in place where they, yeah, it didn't. It wasn't all like a guy trying to make a movie about Casablanca, and that was his whole existence. <laughs> it yeah. was. So, 
Well, yeah, go what's ahead. interesting to me about this is uh, maybe this is a show, but I mean, we're starting to see these kinds of things get made. They're just not getting made for theatrical release. They're getting made for streaming services because mm-hmm. yeah. for them, you know, it makes more sense to do something low to mid budget. All they really need is to keep the subscriber numbers happy. Right. Yeah. You know, so maybe I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, uh, if you know, like painters can paint, you know, it, it, there's there, it takes very little. Uh, investment to paint so anybody can paint and you know but then the the art world the 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 one that spends millions of dollars on paintings because it's so easy to to create for that they had to make their own sort of pecking order so that just anybody can't get in there and so whoever is a hot young artist right now it isn't because they're good it's because they know how to politically get in and be seen. Yep. And I think that's the problem with all art, really. I mean, anybody can write an amazing play and put it on in their garage with their friends. But if you don't know somebody who can get it to a wider audience, that's all it's ever going to be. And yeah. all you're going to hear about being on stage is that trash made by that kid who's a nephew of that guy who produced <laughs> Wicked. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Okay. By the way, that's one of my favorites. What's that, that called that, again? Uh, uh, <laughs> that yeah. trash by that kid who's the nephew. Of blah blah. Oh, that is yeah. a title for something, isn't it? That trash yeah. by that kid who's a nephew of the guy who worked on Wicked. That yeah. sounds like a book. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> a novel by Eric Reed. Yeah. Yes. Eric no, Reed's no, by Hollywood. Guy, the trash no, by, by guy, the nephew. <laughs> by that guy who wrote John dies at the end. He, that's the kind of thing he would do. Actually, yeah. I really like that guy. Anyway. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, awesome. I, I mean, the, what you're describing to some degree is is what we've seen in music and uh, what we're starting to see in the video game realm too, which is just that as the tools to produce decent quality product uh, become more or less free, everybody can do it. And so now the the function of a publisher or whatever is... Uh, less and less relevant, but it just means we're flooding the market with a uh, way more content. Yeah, most of which is mediocre than anybody can possibly deal yeah. with. Like Cut. Amazon has a whole thing for authors to publish and make money off of their stories and novels directly digitally, which yeah. means there's hundreds of thousands of people on there with a book, but you're not going to make it again unless you know how to promote. So it's it really art is once again not about art it's about promotion. Yeah. Which is the the main challenge that we here at the show encounter. Yeah. yeah. That's why we review all these enormous well-marketed movies all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then fail to promote the show anyway and here yeah. we are everybody. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I'll Star just... Wars really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> Hashtag just... Star Wars. I'll just say this fellas, it's all about the nookie. So, uh, you know. Yeah. It is indeed. Come it on, indeed. <laughs> I did it all for the <laughs> you, Nikki. You can take that joke and stick it anyway. Yeah. Uh, Chris, you got any fresh shit? <laughs> mm-hmm. I actually do. It, I uh, I watched Greyhound, the World War II naval battle movie Ooh. starring Tom oh. Cruise. Tom, Wait, uh, Tom Hanks. Is that a movie or a show? That's the first no, that's thing a movie. I didn't understand. It, okay. It's a movie. But I think it's it's Apple TV's got the rights to it. Uh, yeah. 
or something. So it's one of those bait and switch where it's we've got a new movie, but this is the only place you can watch it. So fuck you, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, that's the only thing I really truly hate about the modern era is that it's too too segmented. So it kind of screws over the consumer. But anyway, Greyhound. Yeah, uh, it's well, it's not like you can run out to a theater and see it anyway, right? Yeah, which you know, too bad because this would have been good on the big screen because. Uh, it, Tom Hanks directed this, right? No, he wrote it, and he stars oh, okay. in it, uh, but he didn't direct, and he produced it. And he doesn't, and it, he isn't playing a a, a real life fiction, uh, a real life person again. Uh, that was unclear. I think it's it's based on a book by C.S. Forrester, so I don't know if it's true. Whoa. I think it's it's a fictional account of the trouble that the early part of the war had for oh. the Navy. <laughs> For a second there, I was like, he wrote World War II war fiction? Oh, oh, I thought you said E.M. Forrester. Okay, no, no C.S. C.S. Forrester. Forrester makes Yeah, who did a lot of naval books. But, uh, a sub yeah, it's based with a view. Yeah. yeah. It's based on a book called The Good Shepherd, apparently. But it basically, it's, it's set in 1942, so it's the early days of America's involvement in World War II. And Tom Hanks plays the captain on his first uh, command who has to do escort duty for convoys to England. And they're being hounded by the German U-boat wolf packs. And so it literally is 90 minutes of just naval action. They don't really do a lot with character, uh, etc. There's a lot of stuff hinted at, but mostly it's just this constant barrage of, oh, fuck, it's a U-boat. And then there's <laughs> naval action. And then, oh, fuck, it's a U-boat. And then naval action and all the shit that oh, they had to do across like, the title. Yeah, that is oh, a shit. title. I would oh, definitely shit. see Roger Corman's "Oh Shit, It's a U-Boat." <laughs> yeah, a novel yeah. by Eric Reed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's it's a very tightly made ninety-minute movie because it just doesn't relent because the whole thing just is chronicling like the thirty-six hours or something in the middle of the Atlantic where they can't get air cover, and so they're basically just left on their own and have to mess with these u-boats and this was when the german u-boats were pretty much at their height and could just attack with impunity uh and so it's just all of the the crazy stuff and you really you watch it you're like yeah the marines are always sort of the cannon fodder and iwo jima etc but it's like man you never think about the navy guys getting the short end of the stick there in world war ii and yeah. it's they just they got shafted because it's like oh well no more air cover we'll see you in three days have fun la 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 <laughs> and then you know they got to dodge torpedoes and shit for three days it's just it was wrenching uh, but it was a lot like watching DOS boot for the first time because it's just literally just nothing but tension the whole way through uh, and it was an admirable job uh, hmm. so it's fun if you like that sort of movie but it really there's not a lot of characterization and it's not really about that it's really just here's the action go for it and it's beautifully shot and it's lovely to look at too so yeah what aspects of world war ii has tom hanks not produced something about at this point like tom uh, hanks is cookie the guy yeah. who cooks <laughs> <laughs> yeah well there's hey, a happy want some chili oh which, cookie which is funny you bring that up because there's a whole section of this movie where uh, it's like his camaraderie with the guy that runs the mess hall, which is a, an African-American sailor. <laughs> and so there's like a whole subtext going on there. The guy keeps trying to feed him because he just won't eat. 
because uh, he's just you know racked with nerves and whatever. Uh, so there's that whole subplot going on amid all of the rest of this. So <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. So Cookie is a spinoff of Greyhound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Greyhound Two Electric okay. Boogaloo. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's fun. If you can find it, I would recommend. Uh, and it was sort of a, a companion piece because I also did go back and watch the Americanization of Emily, which is from 1964. And that's James Garner and an early Julie Andrews. And then it's got, uh, oh, who the fuck else is in it? Uh, Coburn, James Coburn. And that was written by Patty Chayefsky. And I had no idea it was such a, a severe anti-war satire. I had no idea. I'd never actually watched it before. Uh, but it literally states its thesis from the beginning. Uh, James Garner is a guy that just procures stuff for the Admiral that he works for uh, in the lead up to D-Day. And it's all of the stuff that he gets involved with to try to not get into the war. And is he that literally the one where it. he says his religion is cowardice? Yeah, it's basically the whole thesis of the movie is uh, my whole thing is cowardice. And the less I have to fight, the better off I am for it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's an anti-war movie with everything on its sleeve. But it's Padachevsky, so it's done with a very dark bent. Uh, and even in 1964, it packed a bit of a wallop. Uh, I was very shocked and amazed because it's it it's dark, man. It's dark, but there's th- but it's also funny because through the shenanigans, uh, Garner gets set up to do a run a film crew to chronicle D-Day because the Admiral has lost his mind and wants footage of the first dead sailor so that he can create some monument to the unknown sailor. And then through some weird twist of events, James Garner winds up on D-Day at the beaches, uh, but he's being forced at gunpoint by his other commanding officer to get up the beach. Uh, (laughs) So it's just all these stupid things. And uh, it's just, it's amusing and fun. But uh, I loved that. I saw that movie as a kid and I was like, this is awesome. Everything yeah. is shit. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, if you're looking for a classic World War II as well, I would recommend this. So, yeah, that's all I did this week is I just watched uh, two two ends of the same stick. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's see. I've got a couple things. Uh, so, I'm still trying to tread on the lighter side because, you know, pretty much the way my viewing habits go, it's like I turn on the news and I you know, start drinking and generally get depressed. And then I try to, like, watch anything that is not that. Um, Well, you know, uh, alcohol's a depressant, just FYI. Oh, that's what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. Uh, So so is life in America. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On the recommendation of a coworker, I I started checking out only the first few episodes uh, of Angie Tribeca. Have you guys seen this show? Yeah, I didn't care for it. I got to be honest. No, never heard of it. So Angie Tribeca is a cop show set in L.A., but it's basically trying to be a modern uh, police squad, right? Yeah. Like the humor is very much in that Zucker Abraham Zucker. Yeah, oh. picture it like a, like if if Zucker Abraham Zucker did like uh, CSI or something. It's like yeah. a modern setting, but they do all of the goofball psych gags and all the other nonsense. Uh, yeah, I yeah, didn't like so it. So it's Rashida Jones, Quincy Jones's daughter. Um, From Parks is, and Rec. Yeah, and everything else, apparently. Uh, <laughs> she's, she's Angie Tribeca. And yeah, it's just, it's just a goofy cop show. It's silly. It, it's fine. It's funny. Yeah. It's, not, it's not as laugh-out-loud surreal as Man-Seeking Woman, which I brought up last week. That's, that's a better 
goofy show, but... Yeah, not about cops, though. But not about cops. And yeah, yeah. you know, cop shows you know, in 2020 are in an interesting context. But anyway. <laughs> That's true. They really are. Um, so yeah, it, you could do worse. It's on Amazon. It's there. It's a show. You can watch it. Yeah. It makes me it's- think, actually, what you described makes me think of NTSBSDSUV. The, it's uh, yeah, fifteen it's minutes like each. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, was like, genius. Well, like every every episode of the show, uh, you know, they do the whatever the the I don't even remember the the yeah thing, you know, from the whatever cop show that one dude was in, whose name I can no longer remember. The redheaded dude. Oh um, yeah, oh yeah, Caruso, David Caruso. Yes, David. Car- Jesus, yeah. This is how yeah. much I care. Uh, yeah, every every, every episode Miami. of Angie Tribeca yeah. starts with somebody screaming like that, but usually for for <laughs> silly reasons, like one guy is burning himself with hot yeah. coffee or something. You know, I can't remember uh, if Angie Tribeca did this or not, or if it's just my imagination. But uh, did they have a running gag making fun of Caruso from CSI Miami, where the character always has to like pull down their sunglasses and make the quip? You know what I mean? Because yeah, that was they, in literally every CSI Miami episode. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely doing stuff with the shades and the screaming and all of that. And, okay. and okay. again, NTSB had a whole thing on that where like where where he would like take off his shades and put on another sh- pair of shades and then tear off his pair of shades and mm-hmm. it was like all this. And he's <laughs> yeah. constantly like, "Where did I put my sunglasses? Have you seen yeah. my somewhere?" Yeah, yeah. But the shades thing—that's AKA the Caruso forever in my mind. It's <laughs> so definitive. It's like when I see that happen, I'm like, "Oh, you you've seen CSI Miami, haven't you? Yeah, you have." And they'd always give him those great Jack Friday, Jack Webb uh, Friday lines, like, funny how you make ashtrays, because now you're the one getting burned. You know, those kinds of... (laughs) And then go go into the the who. Yeah! (laughs) Yeah. So, um, the other other goofy thing I watched uh, this week, because, you know, movies, I keep trying, uh... There, there was, it, it's been sitting there in Netflix going, you're running out of options. How about today? How about today? How could okay, you yeah, run out of options today? on Netflix? There's like 10,000 movies on there. It's the wrong Missy. No, uh, I, I watched the wrong Missy. You sound enthused. Oh, um, have either of oh, you watched this thing? Oh, God. No. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> yes. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that was, I watched it after... Like I was watching twenty hours of something on Netflix, and then the screen came up on Netflix. It said, "You you really probably should go outside now or something." And I said, "Nay, Netflix, give me more." And so the Lauren Lapkus, <laughs> yes. uh, Adam Sandler produced, wow, David Spade starring. So so basically, Netflix bitch slapped you because yeah. you were just delirious. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it was like it's like if you watch eight hours straight of Netflix, Netflix will go, okay, yeah. you want to see some shit? Seriously, you can't <laughs> tell me that algorithm does not work. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong Missy. Uh, David Spade stars as a guy who's way too old for Lauren Lipkiss, <laughs> um, who is up for promotion at his job and. Uh, Gets his signals crossed on his text messages and invites the wrong woman to this Hawaiian, like, team building exercise. Yeah. Excuse for the filmmakers to go to Hawaii. Um, <laughs> let's face it, that's what, he has, that's what these Happy Gilmore sh- movies are, right? That's just, hey, yeah, he has, we'd like to he has, go party here. 
<laughs> he has a shit blind date, but then he meets like the perfect woman for him. And so he invites her, he thinks, to this thing where, you know, he can finally, you know, find love and be happy and ends up with the dingbat that he went on the bad date with. Yeah. So really, it's a Lauren Lubkus film, right? She's she's the only reason to watch this thing. David Spade is just playing straight man to her. Um, so is, and- this, it, is this sort of like the Heartbreak Kid kind of a vibe? That's what it sounds like. I mean, she's just... She's just obnoxious and freewheeling and, yeah. and generally, you know, has no filter. And then he learns to appreciate her kind of deal. I, I haven't seen The Heartbreak Kid. I don't know. Yeah, I think okay. the important difference is that The Heartbreak Kid was good. This was not. Okay. <laughs> and for the record, the first Heartbreak Kid, the one with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sybil Shepard yeah. and. Uh, Groden. Yeah. Yeah. Not the one with Ben Stiller. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking no, about. No. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I uh, I laughed at things. <laughs> did, did you also cry? Was it a part of you? No. <laughs> I, I yeah. but I did. You know, again, if you're looking to kill two hours, yeah, this did, is uh, harmless. Did, <laughs> when it was over, did Netflix come up with? So, would you like to shovel some more shit into your brain pan? <laughs> <laughs> so our algorithm has determined that you have no standards. Yeah. All right. How, how would you like how? to try our Adam Sandler collection? <laughs> Are you sure you wouldn't like to go cycling or like I don't know, pick flowers? Uh, you live in Oregon. There are trails. You could walk outside. Uh, <laughs> what? What I want to know is, like, why why does Rob why do they keep making these movies to pay Rob Schneider for stuff? Like That's Rob Schneider question. shows up in this. Like, that, has he got blackmail on Sandler? Yeah. Or is this just a pity thing? Like, what uh, is this? Honestly, if I even try to think about it, it would probably keep me up at night. So yeah. I just don't think about it. But yeah, Red Letter, I agree. Red Letter Media had this whole, th- they, like re- when they reviewed Jack and Jill, they were like, there's nothing here to review. So instead, let's look into the finances <laughs> of this thing. And they realized that everything Adam Sandler does now is basically budget a film at like $60, 70000000 million, uh, uh, shoot something that costs less than 20 to make, and then pocket the rest for him and his friends. So yeah. it's... I'm yeah. sh- I'm sure Schneider is just like I'll do anything you say, boss. I love money. Yeah. yeah. Well, because here's the thing: in any of his movies, like this could be a show in and of itself as well. But uh, you always get David Spade, you get Rob Schneider, you get Nick Swardson. Uh, literally the same stable of non-comic comic actors uh, in everything, <laughs> and it's just weird. It's yeah. weird. And they found a home at Netflix, so. <laughs> You know, they managed to figure out how to get Netflix to pay for all of their filmed vacations. Yes. Yeah, really. Yeah. yeah we so. noticed you and like the Adam Sandler movies. Have you tried Fuller House? <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyway, uh, that's top fresh shit. Top, tr- yeah. top trending, uh, uh, recommended for you, and like, like, I don't know, recent favorites or something like that. You ever notice it's all the same stuff just in a different order? Yeah. <laughs> yep. It is the same stuff. <laughs> and why? We're on to you, Netflix. We're on to you. (laughs) Wow. Well, I'm sorry, Brian. I hope next week is better. You know what? I I was fine. I'm fine. (laughs) It's fine. Everything's fine. We're all fine. Yeah. But that was (laughs) the fresh shit. And now, here we 
Highlandering, Highlander, we're here. We are. Uh, I will just start by asking you this. It's a question that the movie poses. Sorry, what? I want to just ask you this. It's not a rhetorical question by any means whatsoever. Uh, But who wants to live forever? Show of hands. Uh, Nope. Nope. What's the Uh, alternative? In the vampire episode, but yeah. Yeah, it's well, that's that's the thing. If that becomes an option, I want someone to show me the alternative. Because if it's like, you know, living in like, like eternal flames and pain, yeah, I'll take living forever. If it's like, you know, the you can eat all the corn dogs you want and not gain any weight and fly around clouds playing harp. I think I think I don't want to live forever, but there isn't like <laughs> yeah. a clear distinction as to what the alternative is. So, yeah, well, ugh. well, here's the, the scoop. Uh, don't you wish that was a rhetorical question? now? I'm treating it as such, <laughs> which is why I'm moving on. <laughs> but this all came about just by happenstance, because Brian, in one of his normal uh, every few months routine, just couldn't think of a show topic when it was his turn. Yeah. And you started <laughs> throwing out like stuff we'd already done uh, tangentially. And then just as a joke, I threw out, well, Highlander 2 is on Amazon right now. I just as a joke and then you went well you know i've never seen highlander and i was really bothered by that fact I'm like how do you go 35 years without seeing highlander how is that yeah. possible not that so, hard yeah you know? apparently not yeah. i also haven't seen full house you know uh, well <laughs> if you're not Netflix, old you know but if you're not show it to me <laughs> If you're not old enough to remember VCR culture of the 80s, the reason yeah. so many of us did see Highlander was that there was only like two or three interesting things coming out at a time. Yeah. And then when Highlander came out, it's like every kid in junior high was like, oh, dude, you got to see it. It's got like swords and chopping things. And, you know, it's like every, every kid saw it. And like, with the exception of myself, everyone loved it. <laughs> So yeah, so I just this remember is being one of those things that was always on the HBO, right? Like, yeah. hey, it's Highlander, you know. Well, I mean, it was for cheap, but this is the amazing yeah. thing, and this is where where I think we'll hit all of the the buttons because Brian had never seen it, so that's a fresh set of eyes. Eric apparently hates it, which never is good. liked it, yeah, uh, and it's got a special place in my heart. It's got a scruffy charm, and for all of its warts, I still enjoy it to this day. Uh, so. <laughs> There you go. That's, I think, the three basics. If, so, if I may... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no I was just going to say, I can sum up my distaste for this film in the first five minutes of it, and then I'll leave it alone. I swear. I'll shut the fuck up. But yeah, the first go. five minutes is uh, like a guy watching wrestling uh, <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then going to the garage where there's a guy with a sword who like will chop at him and then run away. And yeah. then we'll chop at him and we'll do uh, uh, handstand flips. <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, I don't know. Well, uh, then, it's then why? Because like, he's the, he was the stunt coordinator on the movie. So you got to let him do his shit. He'll lose his sword. And so he'll go to the firebox, you know, where they keep the, the meter long steel rod that you can swing at people with. Why is there a meter long to, uh, uh, an axe? I'd get an axe, but there's a meter yes. long steel rod and the guy does hand sprints. And I'm like, what the fuck yeah. is going on? That's, and that's part of the beauty of it. And for it me. never that, stops. That, that, it yeah, that stops. to me was the first five minutes were the thing that that got its hooks into me, right? So yeah. I'm going in just expecting like just crap, just cheese, right? And 
the first thing that I that I went in, and I don't know why this wasn't known to me or wasn't expected by me, right? You go in, and the first thing you get is the Canon Films logo. So right yeah, away, you're exactly. Like, oh, okay, I've, so you I've, already I've know you're in for that, nonsense yeah. when you right. see Canon. Yeah, but then immediately followed by Queen, just <laughs> yeah. blasting, and I'm like, okay, right. And then, and then, yeah, wrestling, and it's like, oh <laughs> yeah, no, not yeah. wrestling, but but and a know, shot, they need a shot of a wrestler with like long flowy hair doing his wrestler poses. Cut yeah. to what looks like an eight-year-old child licking her lips. Yes, I'm like that is the most disturbing edit I have seen in a decade. <laughs> I think she well, was just hot for yeah. the 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 Confederate battle flag on yeah. the guy's back. Well, I think yeah, that was it. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, this yeah. is lots a, of problematic. Yeah, <laughs> well, this is a fair place to start because uh, they were supposed to shoot it at a NHL hockey game, but right. the NHL didn't want them glorifying the fighting aspect of it. So then they obviously switched it to wrestling. That was like a real wrestling thing. What, uh, what I noticed but, uh, is it's shot in Madison Square Garden and there's nobody in the upper decks. It's like a Trump rally yeah. in Tulsa. And the ones who are up there are wearing suits and ties. Yeah. Who's like, who's like wearing business attire yeah, to a it's, fucking wrestling match? It's a, yeah, it's a weird version of 1985. But I love the opening shot. This, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. I saw it opening weekend. Uh, it got trounced by Pretty in Pink, if I remember correctly from my reading. So it just tanked at the box office, but I was there front and center opening weekend. I made my mom take me because it was rated R and I wasn't old enough. Uh, but that first sequence, and they do the sky cam thing where the, the camera yeah, shoots across the crowd that. and then rolls in, and then they do that weird mm-hmm. sort of blip at it and then go into Connor McCloud in the stands looking all serious was, and maudlin. That was impressive. I'm like, this is a 1986 movie. Yeah, I don't actually know how they got that shot. Skycam. No, they that that was the the birth of Skycam. They yeah. they did it for decades after for sporting yeah. events. It's basically it was, a camera on four cables that yeah. are connected along four tracks on the out, outer edges of the stadium, and they can drop the cable so they can lower it or raise it, run it laterally along the yeah. X or Y axis. They can put the camera anywhere, and they yeah, do it with like computer. Uh, Access, and so they you, made, can, you can program it. They made a helicopter sound effect in the mix <laughs> to like convince yeah. me that I'm flying in this like I don't know six inch long helicopter. <laughs> yeah, inside well, Madison Square Garden, flying yeah. towards the stands. Well, I tell you, in in March of 1986, when I saw this movie on the big screen, that sucked me in. I thought, oh, that's amazing. Right. Of course, I was you know 14, <laughs> but whatever. But then you uh, go to the garage, and and yeah, to me, the whole thing is. And this is the genius of uh, the director, Russell Mulcahy, who is the guy who directed like all the Duran Duran videos and the yeah. Total Eclipse of the Heart video and like all the Elton video, John videos. Video. He like made a lot of videos. He did Video, video Killed the Radio, the radio star. star. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this guy really knows how to stretch that budget and make things look stylish for like no money, right? Money. Yeah. So we go into a parking garage and it's all just, you know, the sprinklers have to get set off so that we're fighting in the water <laughs> yeah. and the guy flipping. Yeah. It's all style and it's all music video style. This movie is punching way above its weight, yeah, right? It's like, very <laughs> ambitious. It's very ambitious. I, I, will, I think maybe I will that's that. what I don't like about this movie is that it is so much more style than substance. Well, that was you know part of the deal. Mulcahy made his name in music videos and so this to me is one of the earliest 
forms of a music video feature film. You know what I mean? He's taking right. all of those tricks and just cramming them into the 90-minute the feature-length movie. It's one of the first instances where you really get that. And so that's why it's really clippy and lots of cuts and flashy, uh, but really slight on the story. What's funny Which, is you if know, you look at like contemporary reviews of the movie, they're they're annoyed by the MTV style. Like it's it's too <laughs> yeah. many quick cuts and too many wild shots. And I'm it looking here like, going, not anymore. It's not like yeah, you don't know yeah. how bad it's about to get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty so, yeah, pedestrian, it's, it's way ahead of its time. But uh, yeah, so that that opening sequence kind of sets it all up because he cuts the dude's head off, and then there's all that weird magic stuff with yeah, the lightning. Yeah, all the old cars blow up. Yeah, you know and. And you still have no idea what the fuck is going on if you're the first time watching. Oh, that so, reminded me of the other celebrity death I wanted to call out because the shots of the cars blowing up, and I'm thinking about this in terms of like, you know, again, it's it's just budget, you know, they're old cars, so it's yeah. okay, you know. But it reminded me in that shot of of the wall, and Alan Parker died. Uh, this oh, week, that so. was the other big oh. one, yeah. So yeah. everybody, go listen to our Bugsy Malone show from last yeah. year. If you want <laughs> anyway. to hear about that. Uh, but yeah, also, so Herman Cain just got his head chopped off in the quickening. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing is they they chop the head off. Uh, you still have no idea what the 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 gist is if you're a first time watcher. And he gets zapped with a bunch of electricity, and then has to like flee flee the scene. Cut uh, to the 1500s. Yeah, and then it like does that weird. <laughs> that was always one of my favorite transitions too, because the camera yes. starts panning up, and then it goes up through the roof of the parking garage, and then it's coming up from the ground of the Scottish Highlands. Uh, yeah, that was always like the transitions in this thing just kill me because there's, there's so of them. thought out yeah and he does he does stuff with like faces being used for wipes it's kind of reminds me of speed racer which i saw you know last yeah. week where he does it. well but that's the an- other one like the one you mentioned there's a shot later in the movie where we're in a fish tank in 1985 and we you know we we do- we pan up i don't know what you call a vertical um, it's not yeah. a pan. It's not a dolly. I don't know what it is. But anyway, yeah. it goes up, and the top of the fish tank water is the is the lake in yeah. Scotland. And it just, yeah. I mean, I looked at that shot a couple times, and I couldn't see the co- the compositing. Like this had to have been optically printed, and damn, that was cl- that was clean. Well, yeah. Well, there's that one too, and then there's the one where they're doing the close up of Connor. I think it's after his first wife dies, and then it sort of dissolves into the Mona Lisa and then it's the Mona Lisa done as a big giant mural as he's walking down the street as the camera pans over to him walking. (laughs) I was like, oh, fuck me. So yeah, Mulcahy is a very good stylist. Uh, And this to me is his most unique signature movie because his other stuff is okay. He he did not, this is about his high watermark, right? Like he did not progress as a filmmaker and that's Not sad. Really. Well, because he was entrenched in like a time, and yeah. once that style moved on, he didn't he didn't change the style to something else. Yeah. It just left him. So there you go. So anyway, for those who haven't seen the movie, Connor McLeod, uh, Scotsman, played by Frenchman uh, Michael Lambert, Christopher Lambert, Christopher Lambert, uh, Christopher uh, Lambert. There Lambert. can be only one. one. My name right. is Christopher uh, Lambert. He's, <laughs> he he's actually this this guy of. Clan McLeod in Scotland. I'm of uh, Clan McLeod. Clan McLeod. Um, I'm Connor McLeod of Clan McLeod. And it turns out he's an immortal by Christopher who Lambert. gets stabbed through the gut by Clancy Ouch. Brown. 
that who hurt. is playing the heavy metal snake helmet wearing bad guy in this. Don't stab um, Christopher Lambert. He hurts. <laughs> <laughs> How? And and once you die as a, the first time as a mortal, you're frozen in in terms of aging, and you live forever. And you can, uh, you you are drawn to all of the other immortals who eventually have to kill each other because there can be only one. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. the The whole thing is weird. He is, the he is then mentored by. Spaniard, not Scotsman, Sean Connery. No, Egyptian, Egyptian, not Egyptian. Spaniard. Yeah, yeah. yes, because you know uh, that which, makes you sense. Know, whatever. This is the best. This is one of my favorite tidbits about this movie too. Is they got Sean Connery for how for whatever reason he decided to do this thing, but because of he, his he decided to do it Scotland. because he gets to say the word pendejo at one probably. point. Probably hearing but Sean he, Connery say the word pendejo yeah. is choice but yeah anyway. i have no idea what his schedule was like film wise back then in 1985 when they were filming but never say he, never again i think yeah but he could only work for like seven days and they paid him a million dollars i'm thinking that's probably a good enough reason to do the highlander if i'm sean connery yeah if I do you know say that, so myself you know that opening monologue he does in the beginning the description <laughs> of the yeah. highlander that whole thing yeah uh, he recorded that in his bathroom yeah in yeah in a spanish via no less. Yes. So that lends it credence. From That's the jar of shine we came, moving shyly down through the centuries, living many snish. secret lives, struggling to reach the time of the gathering. <laughs> it's, yeah. Struggling it's one day same. to get this peanut butter off my top of my mouth so yeah. I can say things normally. Yeah. No one has ever known we were among you until now. Here we are. We're the princes of the universe. The, the Druze. Yeah. Nobody yeah. knows who they were or what they, they were they doing. Were doing. Yeah. But their but legend the, continues. Yeah. But that's what's funny about this movie. Is it- <laughs> the, one, of the, one of the standard complaints of this movie for decades now has been that nobody uses a Scottish accent whatsoever. Uh, which, you know, whatever, uh, I don't mind it. And Mulcahy and, and such have been on record. They're like, well, these guys are immortal. They've been around for centuries. So it's like, they're not really going to sound like where they came from anymore. But here's the deal. Even when you're doing the opening scenes of his backstory for Conor McLeod, he's not speaking with a Scottish accent. And it's just funny all the way Every, out. every like, time somebody says McLeod, take a drink. You'll be yeah. dead 10 minutes into this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no more McLeod. McLeod. No. Uh, so, yeah. So, so, the, so anyway, he's, he's an immortal. And really, at this point, there is no, no need to, to recap the plot. He's got to uh, kill the other immortals by cutting off their head, because that's the only way you do that. And if you do that, you yeah. suck up all of their memories and knowledge and power until and there's then they only win one. The, and yeah. then you're either a force for good or evil. Yeah, that's the plot. Uh, yeah. In the They're meantime, all- yeah, but in the meantime, we take plenty of breaks to go uh, traipsing through history and go, remember that one wacky time? That was wacky. <laughs> I don't oh. mind that. I don't mind I that. I do. Basically, There's it, no it reason fleshes for out his backstory. Oh, it's not I backstory. So. It's the middle of a goddamn movie. <laughs> uh, well, so it, it's, it's the part of the movie that bugged me the most, though, right? Which was, um, okay, let's talk about 
Connor McLeod's relationships with the with the various women in this film, right? There's four yeah. women he has a relationship with. So the first one is his, his girl before he goes off to uh, battle and, and yeah. his initial death. I kind of dug I kind of dug this storyline, right? She's she's all like, "Bring him back to me alive." And then after he is killed and comes back from the dead, she's like, "He's a witch. Yeah. Burn him." And I love yeah. that. Like that's she, yeah. that was cool. She dropped him like he was hot, man. She yeah. dropped him like he was hot. So so that relationship made sense to me. Then there's the relationship he has with some other woman in that time frame Heather. where he know it doesn't age and she does. Yeah. Well, that's where they say they they flesh out. Yeah. They set up camp in a castle nobody particularly seems to want. Yeah. Like, are there just castles littering the landscape? Have you never. Move into that castle. (laughs) Well, you tell us. You're you're half Scottish. Come on, man. Well, okay, then. I will tell you that's horseshit. There are not. (laughs) Especially in, like, the 1400s. There aren't, like, random castles just with nothing to do. Yeah. This is what's funny to me is like in the in the preliminary these relationships, but okay. Yeah, in the in the preliminary text chat that we had before the show, and Eric is bitching about all these details that are, aren't accurate, and I'm like, it's a movie about fucking immortals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just floors me. So hey, yeah, after a real you said dragon that, though, wouldn't do that. Yeah, after seriously. you after we had that exchange, I realized this movie is like Donald Trump in that there is so much that is wrong. Picking out one thing feels like <laughs> like a fool's errand. Yeah. When the whole thing just doesn't work. No. But as a, as a collective, it, sh- it shouldn't. Assholeish. But it's it's slick and it got it hook. It's got it hooks into me when I watched it early enough. And I this, like warts and all. I just I'm trying love it. to make though talking about the relationships, yeah. which is I feel like the the first several relationships do work and were thought out. Like okay, there was the one that saw him die, come back. Oh, that's a problem. The other yeah. one, he grows old and dies. The third one is is his adopted daughter that you know basically. Uh, into the 80s, and then the fourth Which made one, the most sense to me. Yeah, yeah I like all of those. I like that. I like. Well, that I love the fact never, that on that too. Uh, I like Go that ahead. he never girlfriended her, and yeah, he that did. the reason she knows who she is is because he was fucking Nazi Germany, and you know they were getting almost killed all the time. So, yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing, yeah. Brian, that, that you missed on the the original theatrical cut is that that backstory with him shooting the Nazis and whatnot, they cut that out for the American release because they thought Americans were too dumb and just wouldn't get it and wouldn't care. And so that's a vital aspect of the story. So the first time you watch it with that, you're like, I have no idea who this woman is. What's her story? It was only until they did the director's cut and they added that scene yeah. back in. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. It, it you kind of do need that scene, or you're right. That would just seem odd. Like, why is he negging this girl for like her entire yeah. life? But yeah. Um, but then we get our our love interest in the modern day, the police officer mm-hmm. chick, and. I can't for the life of me understand their relationship at all. They're at at one point towards the end they hook up and have sex and I'm like, "Wait, this was not set up at all." Like at no point did these two have chemistry. There was nothing hey. that made me think they were headed for a relationship and then, you know, I guess McCloud just needs to to yeah. he, you know, bone once in dude, a while and he dude, picks he somebody have who you to never, him is a child. Never let- have you never let a woman stab you in the chest with a letter opener? Because it is a serious dropper. Okay, they will they will give it up quick. Yeah. This is how I surmise that it's that they set her up as a uh, someone who's into swords and metallurgy. So she's sort of a historian, but for some reason she's working as a forensics officer in the NYPD. But I think that when he brings her into his inner sanctum, 
uh, with all of his accumulated treasures from his centuries on Earth, uh, that's really what did it for. And then suddenly, boom, there's a connection. Yeah, she goes, <laughs> you're rich. That's hot. Yeah. And you're also 450. <laughs> you're like old enough to be my dad's 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 dad. That's hot. I like money. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I but think I, I think it largely had to do with we want to make sure that we recreate as many shots from the Terminator original Terminator yeah. as possible. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that was weird. I thought that was just me. I kept watching this, going, "Whoa, this is like no. race in the car." Well, and yeah, yeah. Well, this yeah, I will tell you. And, 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 yeah, yeah. Well, this this it. is what I will t- I will tell you. And uh, I did not even try to force you to watch Highlander 2 in the quickening because that is hot garbage if ever there was hot garbage. But when you watch it, then you start realizing how much Mulcahy lifts because that thing is all, oh, it's a little bit uh, James Cameron. It's a little bit Terry Gilliam. It's a little bit Tim Burton. Uh, it's a little bit Ridley Scott. I mean, it's it's really rampant in well, that this one. This is a little bit Ridley Scott and this is a little yeah. bit James Cameron. Like so, he's hitting, he's hitting Blade Runner and the Terminator hard in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so, but it was again, it was the time. So, if you're gonna riff on something, you might as well do that stuff. But by the time you get to Highlander Two, it's just no, I'm over I, it. I, I'm over it. By the time he whips out his sword in the first ten minutes, and we're gonna see a cool sword fight <laughs> now. It's a porno. And he, now it's a porno. <laughs> By the time he gets out his sword for the sword fight and he's wearing white sneakers and I'm just not feeling hey, the sword fight with the white sneakers. I dude, don't know. Those were those were classic Bjorn Borgs, man. You cannot fault fashion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Bjorn Borg, noted sword <laughs> fighter. Uh, um yeah. So yeah. Well, so yeah, so you got all these entanglements, but by the time you get to the actual main girl, uh, you've got his history with women and how who wants to live forever. Right. And it's all sad. You're like, okay, whatever. And then they get to the meat of the plot, which is that the big bad is the Kurgan, played by Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. Who's there for the gathering where they're all gonna cut each other's heads off and he then the winner. He wants it all. He yeah. wants it all and he wants it now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but for me, it's... Uh, yeah, Highlander, whatever, it's okay. But the reason I keep coming back to the movie and watch it repeatedly is because of Clancy Brown as the Kurgan. That's the only real reason. And Yeah, he's the only one who seems aware of the movie he's in. Yeah. Because he is treating <laughs> yeah. it correctly weird. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. I, and I love the way they have to make him the, the ultimate bad guy, too, right? It's like, yeah. I slaughtered your mentor. I raped your girlfriend. You know, I, yeah. I scribbled on your... Homework. I, I, <laughs> no, you're not doing it. Just you didn't. You don't do it. Just you got to do it like the Kurgan does. He's like, I took his head, and then I took his woman. You know? No, I like he 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 mugs an uh, 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 an old couple in their car, throws the yeah. guy out, sits in the car, looks at the woman, and says, "Mother, mother." That's what's funny <laughs> yeah. as shit. Yeah. And then when the later they they meet in the the holy ground in the church because that's like neutral ground by their immortal code uh and he's just <laughs> like fucking with the all of the nuns and the priest and the whole nine yards <laughs> like they like when he sits down at the <laughs> where all the I candles have been lit the paper roll yeah. the other way around yeah. <laughs> he's just like Happy snuffing Halloween, out all the candles sister. <laughs> yeah licking their yeah. hands yeah it's so funny but <laughs> Uh, when I was reading up on, I didn't realize this, but apparently Clancy Brown, one of his earliest 
suggestions to play the character. He wanted to put him in like a like a tweed suit with a bowler hat because to him, uh, the idea of evil is not so obvious. And so yeah. he did not want to camp it up. And so that's, that's intriguing good. to me. That's intriguing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow. The so like he wanted like, to do- No, no, he's, he's Rutger Hauer in Blade Runner. Just, yeah, basically. just dress him like that. There is, there is no way anyone is going to understand that kind of subtlety, Mr. Brown, especially in the American <laughs> yeah. market. Yeah. We can't so, even put in the Nazi scene in the American market because they're too fucking dumb. Yeah. So I, I always thought that was amusing. But yeah, he's the best best part and that was around the time clancy brown was getting a lot of work in movies that nobody will remember uh like he was frankenstein's monster and the bride just before this he was rawhide in buckaroo bonsai and then uh what was the poitier tom berenger one shoot to kill he was the the serial killer bad guy in that he had like a lot of weird like villain roles that nobody remembers but they know kurgan they know this is like his signature role so Kudos to Clancy Brown for that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, it's a movie. Uh, it definitely was better than expected. I yeah. I watched the trailers for all of the others. Here's the thing, Ugh. okay? <laughs> so if I had been a fan of the first movie, right, mm-hmm. and then I had seen the trailer for Highlander Two, I would have been mm-hmm. like, "Oh shit, this looks like the shit." Let's go, Ex- right? Exactly. And then you watch it and you go, what in the fuck is this hot garbage? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it'll make you angry. The trailers for any of the other Highlander movies have been like, this is terrible. Like, yeah. these have just gotten worse and worse and yeah. worse as you well, go. Well, this, this is the thing about Highlander 2 that just floors me, is that it's all of the principles back. So you've got Mulcahy, uh, and you've got Lambert, and you've got, they bring Connery back. And then yeah, you give Michael somehow. Ironside like the the villain role because you can't bring back Kurgan. They totally ignore pretty much all of the continuity that they set up in the first one. They're like, well, what's their story? Well, maybe they're aliens from another planet. When they come to Earth, they're immortal, and then they have to cut each other's heads off to like learn how so to be mortal is, again. <laughs> and and what you're saying though is different from my nitpicking in that in that in Highlander <laughs> they actually they set up the rules for that universe and they stick yeah. to it. More or less. The rules of the immortals who have to chop off each other's heads so yeah. they can be yes. the only one. Yeah. Yes. So I, and, but, and they the betray that is about that. That that yeah. That that completely like making sense concept they destroyed. It, it, no, it, no, it, no, it, no, no. I will grant you your <laughs> fantasy universe. Right. The the trick is play by your own rules. Yeah. Right. They and, just they uh, throw out all the continuity and they just said, eh, fuck it. So the Highlander Two is not even a Highlander movie except that they just take character names and then they bring back Ramirez somehow and their buddies and then there's like a whole sci-fi plot where they gotta destroy the thing that uh, shields the Earth because the ozone layer died 25 years earlier. And blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's just, it doesn't make a sen- any sense because when they shot it in Argentina for the tax shelters, the cl- economy there collapsed and all the tax insurers went, oh shit. And they took over the movie and then sort of shat out this whatever. So that's <laughs> obnoxious. He tried to get his name taken off, but he yeah. wasn't a member of the Directors Guild of America, yeah. so he couldn't use Alan Smithy. Yeah. And so but, he yeah. just stuck with it. But, and also, but I will say this, that all of them took it for the money and that's never a good sign. So yeah. I don't have any sure. sorrow Can for the shit that they endured for this one. I, d- I would I would like to say though, like a bit about Gregory Wyden though, because he's the writer who came up with this yeah. you know, originally. The, the author and, of Backdraft. Yeah, 
And well, here's the thing. He came up with an idea about these immortals and it was probably interesting. I mean, we don't know because was a film when they came around. Time. Yeah, but when they came around to making it, that's when these other two clowns were hired to make it and they have to chop off each other's heads and there can be only one and all this, this nonsense. And I wonder what his original idea was because he also did Backdraft, which was in fact a horror movie about how flame is sentient. And yeah. that almost completely gets ignored in the original and becomes like a firefighter, well, you know, hero yeah, movie. because Ron Howard, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like he has uh, all these very heavy concepts, which he doesn't actually get his way with until the prophecy. Which he's, is a very underrated. Yeah. But I think he's got like these great ideas that ultimately when it came time to make an actual movie, somebody fucked him up and said, no, yeah. no, no. Now we got to put in this thing. Yeah. We got to put in choppy chop well see i, I don't I even wonder mind what that. the original highlander was supposed to be well you don't uh, know that because we've never read the original highlander yeah but i've but i've seen highlander so many times that i cannot disassociate myself from what the finished product is so that, if they do a reboot then sure i'll watch it and we'll see uh, well they but, did a reboot mm. sort of they did highlander 3 which was like uh, let's ignore which, highlander 2 well, yeah, but it also yeah, it also ignores like, all cares? of the continuity of the first one because then all of a sudden it's uh, Mario Van Peebles as a, the mightiest immortal who gets trapped in a cave during the Genghis Khan era, so he can't participate in the gathering from the first movie, and then so suddenly he's free. But then how did Connor McCloud get the prize from the first movie if there was already another immortal floating around? It's just like none of it makes sense. Here's they just the main thing I want to say about all of these sequels, and I'm not even getting into the to like the series or the the tying the series in the film going anyway. I, I bring up the Highlander. And normally, this you've listened to this show, right? Generally speaking, Chris is a, is a movie masochist, right? So it's like, <laughs> all right, we're going to do this. And Chris goes down the rabbit hole of watching like all the ancillary shit. And this yeah. one is like Highlander. He's like, oh, dear God, not Highlander 2. We're not doing it. Like, don't yeah. watch it. I, I would not wish it. that on anybody. Yeah, I would not wish it like, on anybody. Don't go down that the was, rabbit hole. That was Just the first movie. <laughs> yeah. That was nothing but they liked it in the European market. Let's make a sequel. That's yeah. the only reason. Here, this this is the best way to sum up Highlander 2. Uh, Virginia Madsen, who only took it because A, it was filming in Argentina, and B, she could work with Connery. Uh, but she has a scene with <laughs> Lambert, and this is line for line the dialogue. She's like, okay, let me get this straight. You come from another planet. You're immortal there, but you're immortal here until you kill all the guys who are there who have come here, and then you're immortal here, unless you go back there, or some more guys from there come here, in which case you become immortal here. And then Lambert's <laughs> like, yeah, that's about it. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck you just said, lady. I mean, that's, that is Highlander 2 in a nutshell. That sounds so, hilarious, yeah. actually. But yeah. no, I'm saying, okay, the thing, though, about you, you, you only know the finished product, so you can't say. I, do you remember Toby? You, we all know Toby. Uh, yeah. Toby Aiken, our friend, friend in Africa. Friend of the show. He, friend of the show. He uh, one time was telling me about the split infinitive in the introduction of Star Trek and yeah. how it's you know not supposed to be too boldly go where no man goes has gone before. And I said, yeah, but that's the way it's supposed to be. It's you know that's that's what he says and that's what we know. And he was like, yeah, but you only think that because you never heard the correct way to do it. It's like if, if he had done it correctly, you would think that's the correct way to do it, uh, to go with boldness, boldly to go. I it's guess. like, 
it only sounds weird because it wasn't the way, but there yeah. is an original I idea, I'm sure, for Highlander that is very good that we're never going to know. Well, I mean, more power to him. I just, you know, it's, it's, it's hard given that it's been around for 35 years now. Uh, but, you know, if they come up with something more interesting, that's great. But the first one has just got this weird scruffy charm. It's not a great movie. I'm not saying that, but it's it's entertaining as hell to me. They, they had and that's a great the reason director, that I watch it. They had a cool hook, and they had a terrible casting director. That's that's my takeaway for the Highlander. <laughs> How dare you? Oh, I come on, <laughs> Lambert sucks. Yeah. Like yeah, Lambert well, I mean, sucks in everything. <laughs> I'm sure in his uh in his French movies he's awesome, but I can't speak no, to that. No, I mean. What was it about his hair? Like, Jesus Christ, is it... I mean, 80s hair is just particularly bad for men, right? Like, there are no good men's hairstyles from the 80s, but... I I tell you, well, it's it's funny you bring it up, and I'll just mention this just as a sidebar, because of the TV show, which I barely remember from the 90s, uh, but again, they just threw all the fucking continuity out the window, uh, (laughs) because they they cast another guy to play, I don't know, another... McLeod from Clan McLeod. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Duncan McLeod. And I think the gist of the show was that it, it was set around the time before the gathering. So it's like a prequel of sorts yeah. because the first movie ends pretty definitively. He, there like, can he, be a whole lot more than one, apparently. Yeah. 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 And, but so that it's before that. And then you've got Connor McLeod just shows up as a cameo to kind of spur the plot and tie everything in. Uh, and it's Christopher Lambert. With the haircut and the trench coat and the whole nine yards. But here's the deal. The movie was like 86. The TV show started in 92 and it shot and cast and costumed like it's 92. And so mm-hmm. it's just this weird disconnect. It's like, well, it's before the gathering, but it's 1992. So we don't really give a fuck what we're doing. But this is our story. That's our new guy. Yeah, he's McLeod. So they're, they're, what you're saying is they're ruining your movie about Eternals who are chopping no. off each other's heads. <laughs> it's not that they're ruining the movie, but <laughs> it's, on, just this, it's just it's weird to me that they've got this whole like universe franchise of stuff and none of it ever connects to anything else in that universe. It just doesn't make any sense to me that it maintained well, itself. The, the best, what, though, is that they ultimately made a Highlander sequel starring both uh, uh, yes. uh, Christopher yes. Lambert and the yeah. other guy. And Endgame. I'm pretty sure in the credits it was Movie McCloud and TV McCloud. Yeah. Where are you going, Movie McCloud? <laughs> yeah. I'm over here, TV McCloud. I'm right behind you, TV McCloud. Yeah. Not to be confused with the Dennis Weaver detective McCloud. You don't want to go. Oh, he was far. in it too. He was in yeah. it. Hey, let's go chop off some heads <laughs> and solve then, some crimes. Yeah. And then as a sidebar, because Brian, Brian always likes to bring up the rabbit holes that I fall down. Uh, a colleague at work actually said, oh, you're talking about Highlander. You need to watch the cartoon. I went, there's a fucking cartoon. Are you <laughs> yeah. kidding me? Uh, so I watched there. the first episode. Oh, oh. Okay. Oh, maybe I just, just, just. <laughs> There's a cartoon and there's an anime, and the anime is actually pretty good. <laughs> is it okay? Yeah, yeah. I'm, t- I'm I'm talking about like the 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 kids Saturday morning show that they probably did. But let me oh. read you. This <laughs> is could be this only is, one. Yeah, yeah. L- let me read look, you just look, the brief. I've got the McCloud figure, and his head pops off. <laughs> yeah, this is the this is the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> but just <laughs> battle action McCloud new from Kenner <laughs> I'm gonna rape your wife McCloud yeah <laughs> the uh, he's 
these kids in the backyard on the like the fish fountain hitting each yeah. other with the girlfriend. Cut your head off. So yeah, oh, but the cartoon times, just watch out for the Kurgan. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, fuck it. Never mind then. It's New a cartoon. New Islander action figures, each sold uh, separately. New from Mattel. Yes. Uh, uh, and then, uh, and then as a, and then as a final word, uh, the music by Queen, which is that was in the eighties when they were doing all that shit. Queen and like not having self-respect. Like, uh, well, here's the deal: is that they, that Mulcahy and company wanted maybe one song from them. Because, you know, he was calling in his music video favors. And so they sent him like a 20 minute, 20 minute splash reel of the flick. And they loved it so much that they're like, oh, we all want to write songs for this thing. And so they came up with like eight songs. And Freddie Mercury wrote Princes of the Universe, the one that starts the movie. Brian May wrote Who Wants to Live Forever. And I think it was Roger Deacon wrote uh, It's a Kind of Magic. Yeah. And so you've got three very distinct queen songs from that era that they all went oh we love this movie we have to write this song it's just weird <laughs> it's just weird and the queen version of new york new york shows up yeah which has yeah. never which, been released on any yeah. albums yeah well fred freddie mercury didn't want to do it and then i guess uh mulcahy played him liza minnelli's version and he loved it so much that he went okay yeah i'll do it whatever <laughs> And then it's the Kurgan driving around hitting people on the streets of New York is, with this car. This is also why in Bohemian Rhapsody, my my wife doesn't understand this because she doesn't you know know Highlander from a hole right. in the wall. But at the point where uh, Freddie Mercury is lamenting having AIDS, yeah. they start playing the yeah. love theme from oh, Highlander, God. and I'm like, what? No, what? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it's a great like, bit of dramatic music, but it's a Highlander song, yeah. But it's absolutely yeah, really. wrong, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so anyway, yeah. and yeah. then and then the last thing I want to touch on because this was right before we rolled. I read your text where you guys were both complaining about how the water tank drops on the roof in the final fight, and then when <laughs> so they fall, like thigh high, thigh high water, not a little bit of water, yeah. a fucking flood, <laughs> enough for them to hide in it, and yeah. then they pop through the floor. Into no. the, the okay. How this okay, is the thing. I want to know how much did Tim Burton rip this scene off for his Axis Ex- Chemicals bit for Ex- Batman? Exactly. Like, like, <laughs> exactly. Watching this, going, it's Batman. <laughs> yeah, it's basically yeah. That's the cannibalistic nature of film. Uh, but here's the deal, and then and that very point that you brought up, uh, where there's no water on the floor when they fall through. That has there's no that water always, falling with them yeah, yeah. through the yeah, air. It, it always bothered me, but the way that I looked at it recently is that the what they fall through, it's like a it's a raised window kind of a deal, like an atrium sort of thing. And that's what they fall through. So that's why there's not a whole lot of water just falling down on them. That's the only explanation I can come. No, but they like fall a, through like this raised thing. No, uh, I mean, you see the water falling down the hole as they fall in it, and then they cut to <laughs> yeah. them plummeting into the room, and there's yeah. like some mist. Yeah. No, also, I, I think. Yeah. I think it's the uh, the case of producers and directors who are all style, no substance, who say, "Fuck it, I want to yeah. do this in a warehouse, and yeah. we can't have water well, on the floor, so well, stop this, being an asshole." Well, yeah. this is the thing: is they were going to do the final fight on the Statue of Liberty, and then Remo Williams came out, and they went, "Ah, fuck. Okay, find a new place." <laughs> That's literally what happened. So, so yeah, they, they put the damsel in distress on this big, you know, rooftop advertisement sign, which falls down piece. 
Batmobile, and you can see the cords that they're using to yank this yeah. thing down. Yeah, yeah. See the cords that they're 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 you know repelling down into the room as they fall, yeah. and you don't care. You know, it's fine. Yeah, it works. There, there can be only one. You know, That's all I, I just have to say. I just, something I didn't even think to mention, but I, I just realized it now also. Did you notice the level of gay panic going on in this Yeah. Film? It's like all throughout the cop. 80s, everyone yeah. is afraid that someone is gay. It's like, <laughs> even in the like 1700s with his duel and his second trying to kiss him, and he's like, get away from me, get away from me. And then he yeah. shoots him. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. Mm. And, yeah, there's a lot of weirdness. And then the whole like setup of this universe too, it's just so, it's like, are their children immortal or are they all dead because they can't defend themselves? Are there women immortals? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's basically just a, a weird boys club. It's so strange. Well, they say so, that yeah. you, you can have children before your first death, but after your first death, you can't have children. Yeah. So you can't breed and make an immortal. Uh, if you die violently by the sword as a child, then yeah, there's a child Highlander, yeah, or whatever they call them, Eternal, yeah. And then the fact that they more. just and the fact that they just show up randomly because Ramirez would be like two thousand years old, the Kurgan would be you know eight hundred years old or whatever, and then Connor just shows up in the middle of the fifteen hundreds, just boom, all of a sudden. So yeah. it's like the, the yeah the the logic is very byzantine and doesn't really hold up under scrutiny but i don't care <laughs> i just love watching this movie sue me uh, so yeah all right it was fun uh it was not amazing but yeah it's a movie yeah it's a, it's a classic better than expected i'm glad i didn't bother with the sequels <laughs> yeah don't just don't please don't don't so don't. tv don't. mcleod movie mcleod <laughs> where are you going movie mcleod i'm going yeah. to yeah yeah McLeod, I just I, if they actually yeah. if they actually did that, then I would do nothing but sing the praises of this franchise. But yeah. they didn't, and everything sucks with it. So yeah. Yeah. Oh. So well. so next time I run out of show ideas, it'd be helpful if one of you had reached out and given us more. Right. <laughs> yes, so I blame you. Yes, <laughs> audience, it's your fault. We're talking about the Highlanders. So hit us up. Subscribe to the podcast first of all, because even though we don't have an idea. You should subscribe. Uh, rate the podcast, share it with your social feeds, but then send us ideas on Twitter. We're at MagHuge. You can email MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook or Instagram. And if you want to check out uh, all the cool images Chris makes for the show uh, or all the old episodes without good. subscribing, go to our website, MagHuge.com. M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. Check us out. We do this crap every week, and we'll be back next week with some better thing, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Because so uh, probably not. Yeah. <laughs>